Rowan, while you're in DC, you remember the G-Man asking you to give his love to Claire. You had his address. He resided in Delta, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour and a half north of Washington, DC, just north of the Maryland border. You're able to utilize the GPS mapping tools and with a rental vehicle, you drive north. Now you've also done some research and you found out that Claire Refon had passed in 2019. She died to cancer related illnesses. They resided in Delta, and Delta is not far from the Peach Bottom Atomic Power Station. And Erasmus Refund was a former employee of the power station. You found out that he was a graduate of Towson University, class of 2001, and he studied sociology. Kind of gives you an idea of where he came from. Yeah, somehow none of that surprises me. You're able to locate Cooper Cemetery, where Claire has been interned. It's a small cemetery not far from the Susquehanna River. There are trees along the outside of the cemetery, and you can see just beyond them the flowing river. It doesn't take you very long, but you are able to find her gravestone. I stopped along the way to pick up uh, a small collection of pre-made flowers out as a sign of respect. I don't have very many good memories of Erasmus himself, but... You respect the dead as best as you can. So I find a place to park and make my way to where the gravestone is. I'm not in my usual FBI outfit. I'm casual today. Just just a person coming to pay respects at a graveyard. The songbirds in the cherry trees greet your presence. It's a modest headstone. She was born in 1982 and passed in 2019. The grass is well kept here. This is a very peaceful place. This man possibly had a love or a life that was different than what you were exposed to. There are many facets to all different kinds of people. Beyond you see a small log chapel. It overlooks the cemetery as a silent guardian. So finding the, the headstone I'll take a moment to clear anyway any overgrowth over the headstone or anything around there, just tidy it up a little bit, and put the flowers at the base of the headstone, then just stand there for a moment, my hands in my jeans pockets, looking down at it. There's a kind of, I mean, cemeteries are sacred ground and have been for ever. So standing here, I can feel the sense of the divine, I suppose. The sense of what waits beyond. It's a question that I ask myself a lot, especially when I'm throwing myself into situations where I might find out what's beyond. So standing here, looking down at the gravestone of the love of someone who tortured me. I'm, I have a lot of mixed thoughts and a lot of mixed feelings. But looking down at the headstone, I will say quietly, Erasmus sends his love. I hope you two found each other again in whatever waits beyond. You lift your eyes after that moment of reverence and you see the headstone just beyond Claire's and it strikes you a little odd. The name says McSwain. That was the name that the G-Man wrote 
on the wall. I'm immediately riveted and put a hand on Claire's headstone absently as I pass and go and look at that headstone. There's no first name listed. It just says McSwain, 1901 to 1999. It's a good size headstone. It's fairly tall and it's not the largest one here, but it would be in say maybe the top 20 or so in size. You see that the stone itself is very artistically cut, very deliberately cut. No rough edges like some headstones sometimes have. Each of the corners are squared off perfectly. Which strikes me as a little bit odd for a headstone that's at least 20 plus years old, actually. As you step a little bit closer, the ground has a slightly different feeling here. It's a little bit more firm than the mid to late May grass that has seen some rain. I'm going to casually like look around and make sure that I am alone here. There is no one for at least a mile and a half. Okay. I'm going to crouch down and like press my fingertips against the ground. And you know how how like in well-kept lawns, you can like worm your fingers into the, the grass bed. Mm-hmm. I want to do that and see if I can feel anything under that. The ground at the top is soft. It's almost as though that it was planted sod. And it's been here for some time. You were able to dig down because the earth isn't as compact and you're able to get down about wrist deep and your fingers touch something hard, not like it would be stone, but like it would be metal. Only about maybe five, six inches in depth. Glancing around again, I'm gonna like worm my fingers through the sod a little bit to try and make a plug that I can pull out. I recognize it'll probably take me a couple minutes, but it does. I'm alone for a while. But you have the time. You create a divot and you do pull it out. Beneath you see that there is metal underneath and it looks to be a dark green, like a military green. And it's flat. It's not curved like a casket would be, but then a casket's also usually encased in another box before finally being buried. And this is also only maybe a half a foot down. Just look at it with my head tilted slightly. Can I touch the metal? Yeah, it's solid. I want to tap a fingernail against it a couple of times just to try to get a sense if it's hollow underneath. Is this like a solid piece of metal? It is a very solid piece of metal. Just by your finger tapping alone, you can't tell if it's hollow or not. It's pretty thick. I'm going to get a better look at the headstone and see if there's any symbols or anything like that that I recognize on it. Take a circuit around the headstone and take pictures of anything that I see. It is devoid of everything of any kind of other symbols except on the reverse side of the headstone. There is a symbol with an A being encircled by what looks like molecules. It is similar to the atheist's headstone marking on military graves. But this is small. This is only about maybe two inches in height. I will take a picture of that and write a quick note to myself to look up any groups that use that particular symbol. It's in an odd placement too, because I would expect anything to symbolize religion to be on the front of the gravestone. The fact that it's on the back is peculiar to me. With a quick search of the Google machine, you find out that it is the atheist symbol on military, but also atheist science. I'm going to slowly start doing concentric circles 
out from the gravestone and bounce a little bit on the balls of my feet as I'm walking, feeling where the ground changes, where that metal starts and stops. It seems like it's about three feet by four feet in length around the middle of the headstone. But it is under the headstone itself? It's not under the headstone. It would be where a casket would be, but a small casket, very small casket. Okay, I'm going to throw a look around me again to make sure that I'm not being observed by anyone because I'm very worried all of a sudden about who might be watching me. You do not see anyone. Again, the only things that are around you are the songbirds in the the cherry trees. Okay. Curiosity is just too strong at the moment, so I'm going to start sliding my hand into the divot that I've made and start trying to pull the turf up a little bit. My goal is to try to lift as much of the dirt and the grass up as in, in one piece as I can, just to try and get a sense for this thing while being able to put it back without giving away that someone was looking at this. It takes you a bit of time, but you're able to effectively move and expose the layer of sod, showing a metal box underneath. Does it have a handle anywhere that I can get my hand on? No, but it looks like there's something written on the cover on the top there. Okay, I'll brush the dirt off of it and shine a flashlight on it to try and get a better view on the words. Okay, well, you don't really need the flashlight, but you're able to brush it off. And you see it says chapter 11, Shlaka 32. Underneath that, it says Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. Is that a language that I know? That's Hindu. Interesting. So I'll like sit back on my heels and type that into into the Google search and see what pops up, the two things that are on the, the lid. The Supreme Lord said, I am mighty time, the source of destruction that comes forth to annihilate the worlds. Even without your participation, the warriors arrayed in opposing armies shall cease to exist. Another translation, now I am become death, the destroyer of the worlds. That rings a bell. Where have I heard that before? A man named Robert Oppenheimer. The Manhattan Project. Oh dear. Okay. Am I able to extricate this box? With a little bit of elbow grease, yes. I would like to do so. And like murmuring my apologies because the idea of sacred ground being disturbed actually really bothers me, but curiosity killed the cat. But it came back, right? Mm. She has, multiple times at this point. Inside, you see a bag lying there. It takes up a majority of the box itself. It's maybe 20-some inches by 18 inches, and it does have a handle. It's a pretty heavy-duty bag. It is uh, gray in color. I'm going to take a picture of the lid of the box and check inside the rest of the box to make sure there isn't any other writing, even like flip the box upside down to look at it. Okay. You can't really flip the box upside down because it is so heavy, but you do look at the the inside. You see that there is the Lord's Prayer written in English, as well as what look to be other prayers as well, written in other languages. Am I able to haul the whole box out? No, it's too heavy. The box itself is about 400 pounds. With help, you could, but this bag is only about 70 pounds. And I can haul that. You can haul Not that. comfortably, but I can haul that. Okay. Okay. 
I'm going to take pictures of everything that I can find in there because I can't take the box itself and it's probably not a good idea to leave a hole where someone may break their ankles on it. But take pictures of everything, haul the bag out over and out of the way, close the box, and start putting the sod back. It takes you some time to do so and you're able to get it so casual observation wouldn't notice that you've been here. You now have this bag. And looking at it, my immediate thought is that it looks like a massive bullet. I mean, the geek in me says says Bullet Bill from the Mario games. That's what we should call it. And Rowan will start calling it that, at least in her head, if only just to take away a little bit from the seriousness that she suspects that this actually is. Because, who boy. So once everything is settled back into place, I'm going to look over at the chapel and debate whether I need to go over there because it seems like there are things hidden here that I am concerned about. That idea you seem to press down as you see that the chapel is locked up. It seems like it's a bit of a distance away. It seems as though that it's just the guardian of this place. Maybe this place only holds one secret. Maybe more, but this is the big one. So I will look over at the chapel and say, well... Whatever else you're keeping an eye on, I'll take over the watch on this one. Gods help us. And I'll start hauling it back to the the rental vehicle, keeping an eye out now for anything else that I see along the way that reminds me of anything that I saw in the lab. You don't find anything else. Though the thought of Erasmus Refund being a Kaiser Soze makes me smile. So I will put Bullet Bill into the back seat, buckle it up because I don't want to find out what happens if I have to hit the brake suddenly and it hits the ground. And throwing one last look back at Claire's grave and the grave, question mark, where things were hidden, I start the car and head back for my hotel. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. When we last left our agents, they were all gathered in their individual homes. Rory was tending to house by himself as his fiancée has gone to mission. Actually, he's just gone to headquarters and spending some time in New Mexico. He has Chase with him. Rooster is spending some time with the love of his life, Elena. They're doing cute things. Things that Rooster never thought he would. But he has. He seems to be having a good time with it. And River is spending good quality time with his family. Agent Rowan has made it into her home. She's been able to step foot into the place that was once violated. She's made some changes around the house and made it feel like home once again. Looking at the bare wall above the sofa and the corkboard there, where the red string board used to be, she has an idea and makes a decision. Everyone receives a group text message from Rowan. I'm back from DC. We need to have a war council. Memorial Day, my place. Bring everything you've accumulated that pertains to the oddities and be ready to knit a red sweater. Shots or do I bring beers? Bring whatever you have available. Never know what'll make the party better. How lucky thing we planned the family barbecue for Saturday, I guess. Are we getting a new assignment? In a manner of speaking, I'll explain more over dinner. 
We have a barbecue in the backyard. Bring whatever you'd like to grill. No mushrooms or shrimp. Please tell me none of you are going to insist that hot dogs have to have mustard. Gun emoji. Several hours later, you get a text from Rory. Sorry, busy with work. I will be there and I will have my dog chase. Dog emoji. Dog emoji. Bone emoji. The barbecue is going to be on Memorial Day. It's a beautiful Northern California day and everyone is gathering and getting ready to head to the Rainbow House. Rowan, Jonathan has some things on the grill and he smiles and looks really happy that you're home. And Casey is always, as always, prepping some type of unhealthy food that he insists that he cannot eat that he pawns off on you and others. I imagine he's delighted that I'm bringing people over to pawn all of his creations onto. Very much so. He was talking about doing like a fancy potato salad that was going to have mushroom and shrimp and mustard in it, but... I'm sure that the look on Rowan's face convinced him that that would probably be a bad idea. So it goes back to the drawing board. So, agents, who is going to arrive first and who is bringing what? Or Rowan, what are you setting up? How are we setting this up? So Rowan would make sure that there are at least burgers to toss on the grill. She also, she's a steak girl, so she has a a steak and potato to put on the grill for herself. She has burgers and the makings for burgers ready for the guys. Notably absent is any, any kind of mustard. She has not yet been able to make herself face that. Probably a wise choice. So which of the three of you is first to arrive? I'll go over to the door, look through the peephole just to make sure, and then open the door. Hey, I figured you'd be the first one here. There's a lot of gray area in your response. I brought both duffel bags. Well, hopefully we won't need any of that today, but we'll see. Should I leave these in the truck, or should I leave these in the house? Uh, split the difference. One in the truck, one in the house. I'll drop the one in the house that clatters loudly, take the other one back to the truck, and walk back in with three flats of drinks. One is Red Bull, one is cheap-ass beer, and the other one is cans of iced coffee. There's still a couple of your energy drinks in the fridge, so they'll be cold at least. Oh, score. I don't drink them. Yeah, that's why I know it was safe to put it here. Fair. Come on in, watch your step. Uh... It's dark in here, like it always is. Yeah, yeah, I know. But we'll be eating outside so you guys can see better. Good, because this kind of lighting I usually reserve for getting me in a different mood. <laughs> How's Elena? What? She she likes candlelight and stuff. Oh, Aww. don't give me that face. I, I'm still your equal opportunity asshole badass. Don't, no, no, just stop it. Stop it! But it's so cute! It's so fluffy, I'm gonna die! And I go look through the peephole and open it. Hey, River, come on in. Hi, and River is standing there, and he's got a tray of healthy veggie snacks in one hand and a sports bag in his other hand. Uh, Oh, it's dark in here. Oh, right. You haven't been here when I've been here. I usually keep it dark so I don't have to wear the glasses. Right. Yeah. 
I can bring the faders up and just wear glasses inside. It's fine. Uh, hey, your house, your rules. Yes, but we are no, no. We are going to be talking about things that's going to require us to be inside a bit, and it will be helpful if you guys can see too. So we'll do that after we've had dinner. You gonna be okay with that in this place? I say specifically trying and not successfully not to look at the spot of new carpet that used to be burned. I look over at it as well, and then very pointedly look up at the red string board that is above the couch. We're going to need to uh, access that. So, yes, I'm, I've been working through a lot with my therapist. I'm making progress. I'm still not good, but I'm, going, I'm, I'm getting better. Oh, been talking to Baldy? Bald? Oh, no, but she's going to be part of the conversation today. Well, not physically, but I just got back from D.C. and I saw her while I was there. You realize he's already got his hand at the small of his back for a concealed holster? Would you actually shoot her? Oh, this is self-defense. What are you talking about? I'm not even... She wouldn't shoot you. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad things are... I'm glad you're dealing with things. And River will go up and take a good look at the red string board. So based on what River would have seen in the smoldering remains of the red string board from before, it looks pretty similar to what he imagined it would look like on that wall, but with a whole new section added for the Chroniclers and where Rowan thinks those connections are. And there's some names on there that you haven't seen before that look newer. As in, maybe maybe those strings were added the last couple of days. You gather the food and the things and get set to have a full-on barbecue outside. Agent Rory pulls up and a very rambunctious pup jumps out. And Rory gets out of his vehicle and makes his way up the side yard as he sees everyone kind of gathering in the backyard and the grill is on. Rowan immediately calls out to Chase and is like, come here, boy, come here, and like crouches down so to be at face level with him. It's all right, boy, go on. Chase never gets there because Rooster is on the ground on his back playing with him before he gets to Rowan. Oh, you've been lab blocked. (laughs) Pick up a, a chunk of sod and throw it at Rooster. I don't even care. I'm getting a dog face wash at this point. I'm like, oh, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? You are. Yes, you are. Yes, Man, if I'd known you were going to react like this, I would have brought him around sooner. Rooster doesn't even look like he hears you. He's just playing with the dog at this point. Rooster's gotten all fluffy. It's adorable. Oh, we should, we should get him and his girlfriend a, a dog. I look up and I go, I've always loved dogs. You know this back when Medicine Woman asked if I was going to shoot that one. And I said, fuck you. I worked with a lot of dogs that I would trust over a lot of people I've worked with. Besides, this one's just a good boy. Yeah, but I didn't realize you were a puppy, too. You hear on the back porch, oh, my heart, as Jonathan is clutching his chest and looking at Rooster on the ground, rolling around with the dog. And he waves to everyone and looks back, Casey, you got to see this. Rowan actually pulls her phone out of her pocket and is taking video at this point. (laughs) Blackmail material. I've got Chase on his back giving him belly rubs. Like, you know, the full body, double-handed belly rubs going on, getting his face washed still. (sighs) Well, if that isn't the cutest thing I've ever seen. Hi, Rory. Welcome. Thank I you. heard that. 
I think we're meant to. <laughs> and these must be your neighbors? Yes, this is Jonathan and Casey. Uh, and Rowan actually kind of pauses going, shit, what do I introduce people as? And I'll just go walk up, hi, I'm Redacted, give my first name. Hi. Do I spot wedding rings? On who? Jonathan and Casey. No. No, they're not married. No. Why ruin a good thing? They shake your hand and they look at you and Casey gives you a look and Jonathan goes, yeah, oh yeah. My better half is uh, in New Mexico at the moment. I would have wanted him to come, but... Is Rory wearing a ring? I feel like uh, engagement rings are... like that's not, There's not an established tradition there. Well, I got burgers and Casey has been threatening experiments. So we'll, we'll see what, what comes out of that. Experiments? Did, did you clear them with uh, Rover? I mean, Rooster? I look up at him and go, Eh, not the first person who's called me a dog. Look back and play with Chase again. Yes, no, Casey has been uh, experimenting with some carbo-heavy things for me lately to try and get my weight back up, which has been quite helpful. And if you're looking at Rowan, especially out in the sunlight, uh, she's wearing tank top and casual jeans, and she's looking a lot better than the last time all of you saw her. Uh, She's definitely put on weight again. She looks like she's running again. Still looks like she hasn't been sleeping all that well. There's still dark spots under her eyes, but on the whole, she looks a lot better. And more, well, more herself. Casey pipes up. I've got some Hawaiian Mac salad. Um, no mustard per request. Thank you. That sounds amazing. It's real hard not to make with mustard seeds, but I guess there's a dietary restriction. I get it. Hope you guys enjoy. We're going to be inside. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. Bye. Nice meeting you. That dog is adorable. I know. And so is that former Marine. So yeah, start making burgers to people's request. Rowan's surprisingly good on a grill. Or maybe not surprising, depending. There's some patio furniture that's away from the house in a corner of the yard. Yes, this house actually has a bit of a backyard. There are trees up and around, uh, around near the wall, and it is green back here. uh, Looks like everybody kind of gets settled in and makes a bit of small talk about the food and the weather. And There is a topic that has not yet been talked about but it seems like, why are we all here? So once everyone has gotten through at least most of their food at this point, Rowan puts her, her plate down and picks up her drink and swirls it around. She's, she's made herself a cranberry vodka, swirls the ice cubes around a bit, and is like, okay, um, where even to start? I got one. Where's the lime? <laughs> little off the taste of lime these days. Hmm. Well, I'm still off the taste of cranberry after Mustang, so... Fair. I did not have that particular experience, so... Like I said, I just got back from D.C., and there were... There were some interesting conversations. I got sent out there because I reached out to the upper parts of the alphabet... Because she's still trying to be a little bit careful about her words out in a more public space. And I was sent to meet a fellow named Charlie. Rooster perks up at that. So what is it, a new assignment, or...? Technically, no. Okay. Did they tell you anything useful? Oh, they told me a lot of interesting... A lot of interesting things. They told me everything that they knew about the Chroniclers, which isn't much. Hmm. But there was a lot of interesting information that came of it. I, I've gotten reassigned. You're not in our cell anymore? 
No, I'm still in our cell, uh, reassigned within the FBI. Oh, well, that's right. You've got a job. <laughs> Wait, do you still have a job? Yes, I do. And that was one of the questions that I had coming out of all of this. Uh, they had me on medical leave for a while. And then I got flown out to D.C. to, well, get my new assignment. I have been assigned to the Office of Congressional Affairs as one of the FBI people involved with it. So what, you're a politician babysitter now? No, that's the official part. The unofficial part is I've just gotten a hell of a lot more like Scully. That is the department that the FBI uses, and a lot of areas use, for the things that go bump in the night. Oh. That's either very helpful or very... What's it called again when you're getting in the way of yourself? Isn't there a word for that? When you need plausible deniability? Oh, when I'm getting in the way of someone else and they need to remove me? Yeah, dangerous, that's right. I think it's good. I met my office mate a couple days ago. Interesting guy. Really interesting guy. Um, I'm, I'm withholding judgment until I get to know him a little bit better, but... That bad, huh? Interesting. Not bad. Not good. Just, I don't know what to think yet. And I'm waiting until I learn a little bit more. But all of that aside, it has occurred to me, repeatedly, that there is one massive loose end that still needs tying up that the chroniclers were interested in and I'm sure the the upper echelons of the alphabet would be quite interested if they knew more I gave them a I gave them a 10 page report all very tightly spaced I didn't hear any comment from them about it but the one who used to be part of Elso known as Lion that I know as father is still out there so, this isn't official, and I can't tell you to be part of this. I will ask that we share as much information as we have, and then you can make your decisions about whether or not you want to be part of this. But I'm going after Father, because he's been in my head. And I realized, I found out in that bunker, that whatever he did to me changed me. You're not immune anymore? From... From the paperwork that we found, whatever he did to me changed me from someone who had a natural psychic ability to someone who became a null, which I think gave me that immunity. Whatever he did changed me, and then I don't, I don't know. Let's take this inside, maybe. Yeah, fair point. I'll get up and start collecting plates, start heading for uh, the sliding glass door that leads into my house. I crunch a beer can on my forehead and then pop open an energy drink to get started. But yeah, lead the way back into my place, stick the plates in the sink, because we actually used real plates. Once everyone is inside, pull the blackout curtain shut, and then reach up and pull down a metal security door cover and latch that into place. I made a few adjustments since the last time y'all were here. I walk over to it, pull on a little bit, make sure it's secure. Hmm. That'll work. And then I put down the empty energy drink can, open another one out of the fridge. And I'll sit down in, in an armchair and gesture everyone to sit down in the living room around. Rory's going to pour himself another vodka cranberry and then go have a seat. I feel like there should be coffee. There's mm. iced coffee. Brewster brought some. 
Well, is it really a mission without Starbucks? Fair point. And I'm actually going to go over to my, my little espresso machine and go through the motions of making myself a proper drink. River? Rory? Brewster? Y'all want one? No, actually, I'm good with this. It's, it's a warm day. Uh, maybe later. Do you really have to ask? Yes, because you tend toward energy drinks, not coffee. That's because these are easy and they don't take work. Fair enough. And I'll give him one of the nice espressos that I, that I made. And I'll come back over with mine and sit down. So I guess the question that I want to start with, because there are still some pieces of what happened down in the bunker that are unclear to me. How the fuck did you find me? I look at River. I also look at River. Oh, that gets an eyebrow raise from Rowan. Was it? Did you find a database that they were in? Did you? What what strings did you pull? Where are we? Where are we starting? Yeah. How did you find her, River? And River will reach down to the sports bag that he's kept near him all this time, unzip it, and pull out this hat. Why don't you describe it for them? Because I don't remember. It's based off of a rugby helmet, and it has various wires and interfaces and chipboards, and it looks like a strange sleep study cap. This is how I found you. Wow, that's a good thing you didn't tell me before, because I would have been too busy making fun of you for that to actually get her. Yeah, that's exactly why I didn't tell you before. Also, I don't believe that for a second. You get a little bit too on mission when something like that comes up. What is this? Yeah, that was my question. Well, an interesting story. It's uh, something I came out of a Mustang, really, when it really bothered me the way they seemed to know what we were thinking. It worried me whether they might be able to control us the way they were controlling those cultists. So I was trying to figure out if there's something I could do about that. And this is what I came up with. Honestly, I've, I've never actually tested that aspect of it. But can you read my mind? Rowan kind of sits back a little bit. Um, Here, let me, let me concentrate on something and see if you get it. Sure, let's do this. Why not? I start humming the Superman love theme under my breath. Roll your power. Okay, so my power is 45. It's not great. I rolled 45 precisely. That's a critical success for for us. I know. So yeah, Rowan closes her eyes and she doesn't do any of the like Professor X thing or anything. She just folds her hands in her lap and focuses on listening to what isn't said out loud because for her, she's a D&D player. She thinks of it as being a tune that's too high for human ears. You hear River's surface thoughts. You hear Rooster's surface thoughts. You hear Rory's surface thoughts. You hear Jonathan and Casey's surface thoughts. You hear Chase's surface thoughts. I have to know. What are Chase's surface thoughts? Ball, 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 ball. Happy. And River is concentrating on a single question. Who is the best captain of Starfleet? So Rowan will kind of shake her head a little bit, open her eyes. I mean, Picard's the easy answer, but I, I have a particular affinity to Janeway because we both are addicted to coffee. Wow, it's, it really works, doesn't it? I'm sorry, what? Telepathy! 
Would, would someone like to... Ex- what? You remember how down in the bunker, Neville was, was saying that mind reading and telepathy and... Yeah, I can do that, apparently. And so can Neville. Before I even got him out of the coma, we were he was communicating with me at the hospital. Uh, yeah, what? Arabic, never mind about it. So, yes, um, apparently, yes. All right. And then Rivlin will put on the hat, helmet, enter now. Try it again. And Ron will quirk an eyebrow, but close her eyes and listen for that tune again. Everything is static. Oh, ouch. Turn that off, please. Please. I turned it off. That's really loud. Really? It me. Only well, only when I'm only when I'm listening with my brain. So you still were able to read my thoughts? No, everything was static. Okay, I well, that's kind of well not exactly what I had in mind, but something that would uh block that ability. I mean, if I were trying to find your thoughts and you had that thing on, the it, it tasted like biting down on aluminum. Could you hear us? That's a good question. Could I hear the others? With a hat on and in such close proximity, no. Interesting. So it doesn't just... Uh, no, I couldn't. I could before, but now I couldn't. So the hat blocks her reading your mind. How does? How did you use that to find her? Well, that's the next part of the story. Well, wait a second, wait a second, not yet. Does it work when you're not wearing it? No. Are you sure? Because it would be a lot easier to use this if it were in a backpack or something. Okay. Yeah, try putting it on the coffee table and turning it on. And I will try again. You can, you're poking at the surface thought of River thinking this this should work. You could read it. There's a little bit of, of interference there, but not a problem. And then Rooster not believing this and... All of a sudden, Rooster's thinking, ball, 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 ball. <laughs> yes, I was going to make that joke. Chase is looking at him joke. going, ball, 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 ball. Go. Love, Dad. Love, Dad. Love, Dad. Love, Dad. Do I need to get both of you a rubber ball or something? What the fuck? Chase looks over. <gasps> Roy, do you have a ball? I've got someone somewhere and I'll look through the bag I brought and toss a ball to Chase. Chase catches it. I try and grab it from Chase before he runs off. You were thinking ball, 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 ball. Very noisily, actually. I can see what Neville meant. Well, yeah, I wanted to throw a ball for the dog. Sure. No, it doesn't work when it's just in the same room and turned on. There was a little bit of static, but nothing like there had been when it was actually on your head and running. Well, shit. Looks like if we're going to use this thing, River's going to have to walk around looking like an eighth grade science experiment. Yeah, thanks. Um, I don't expect we'll use it that much, and I can probably put a cover on it. Anyway, back to your question. Well, at the time, Katie was actually uh, helping out with this project a bit, and uh, she was still having some pretty bad nightmares at this time, and she just wondered if if maybe that would help with them. And, uh, in fact, it did. Your daughter just happened to wonder if a random-ass robot skull would help with her nightmares just out of the blue? She's a pretty smart kid. She's smart enough to come up with that thing out of nowhere. Yeah. Humans. For what? For River's sake, she came up with it on her own. 
Oh, you think Rivers, you're trying to determine his intentions or his sincerity? Go ahead. Yeah. Give me your mint roll. Do I need to bother? In the box. I get to check humid, apparently. <laughs> what did you get? 91. <laughs> yeah, you get to check human. You are gaming that system so hard, I love it. I wasn't even trying. That was me looking at Seth going, he's egging me on. Okay, fine. I'm always egging you on. Alright, so... It helped with her nightmares. Yeah, but something else happened, too. She... She saw something in her sleep. Um, she saw an island with a lake in it. A place she'd never seen before. He said, you know, well, it's very ge general description, not, not nearly enough to figure out where it is, right? Sure. So I tried it too, and I saw a Mustang. Not, not the way we, it looked when we were there, but the way it looked sometime afterwards. So how did that work? Was it, you wore it while you were sleeping? Yes. Okay. I'll come back to that point later. So... So, when you went missing and all the conventional means we had of finding you were coming up with nothing, I gave that a try. I wasn't sure if it would be able to find a person rather than a place, but, you know, I, I was getting desperate and had nothing else. So I put it on, I tried it, and nothing. Nothing at all. That makes sense. According to what the Chroniclers had, I'm supposed to not be findable. They can't find Lion because of that. But then a few weeks later, Katie was trying the same thing again. I'd just about given up at that point, but she was determined. And she found you. And when I went back again, I was able to find you too. Is this something she came up with because of the fish fuckers? Did they do something to her that she was able to figure out how to make this thing that just happened to be able to hide you and find her. I think what Rooster's getting at is, where did you get the design for this? He said Katie came up with it. Oh no, she, she helped me put it together. You're not gonna like this. Oh boy. I put the espresso cup down and fold my hands. Yes, please don't break my crockery. Please don't break me. You remember there was something missing from the green box? Oh, you motherfucker! Don't you dare! Just like immediately put a hand out, don't you dare! It's a physics textbook, and it's like no kind of physics I've ever seen before, and it just seemed like the right formula for what I wanted to do. I, <sighs> if I promise to be nice, can I say something now? You're gonna say it. Go ahead. I. I am ecstatic that this helped us find glasses, but you really thought that just using some of this unnatural, creepy shit was safe? That you were just gonna experiment after the shit we've seen and then give it to your teenage daughter? I just told you this is not unnatural, creepy shit. This is physics. Physics is like the opposite of unnatural. Like no physics you've ever seen, huh? Yeah. Relativity was like no physics anybody had ever seen. We're discovering new stuff all the time. What's the phrase that goes around sometimes? Sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. 
until you understand it. Yeah, so let's understand it by experimenting on our teenage daughters and ourselves. Look, I get that this is interesting, and I get that this helped us find glasses. This shit can also be super fucking dangerous. You were the one talking about how we don't know what this shit is, and nobody chronicles what it is, or wrote up a manifest of any of it. You don't see me going and shooting any of the weird weaponry in there just to see what it does. No, but you had no problem taking the weaponry you do understand out and using that. And this, this did have an explanation for how it worked. That's all it was, was an explanation for how it works. It's completely different. I just look back at Rowan, shaking my head slowly. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean that I don't. All right. And Rowan has her hands folded under her chin, just listening to all of this. I think that that's going to play into a larger conversation that we need to have about the contents of the green box and how they get used. And I think that's too large of a discussion for what we're doing right now. So can we agree to table it for the moment? Yes, one more question. Is that okay? Go ahead. Cappy, do you understand how to bring people back to Half-Life, and have you been using that one that you took? I was looking over the notes. I haven't tried anything yet, because we haven't... Okay, thank you. Can we put both of these things back in the box for safekeeping now? Okay, I'm going to tangent a bit. You said the green box was compromised. Do we have a new one? Yes. Compromised how? We'll come back to that. There's... Yes, we have a new site. Okay. Something changed then. Because you weren't able to find me, and you shouldn't have been able to find me. So what changed? What 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 did Katie see? What did you see when you found me? Dan, what did we see? You actually found the airstrip in Oklahoma, and then you were not able to dig down deep, but Katie was able to find out where that airstrip was based off of Google searches and cross-referencing. And she also had an image of Rowan, of Rowan sleeping. I will explain that. Something changed and I don't know what, and that worries me, because that means that, oh, I wonder if that's when he started talking to me again. Who? Three guesses, first two don't count. Father, obviously. (sighs) What happened right before that? And Rowan is actually like trying to, (laughs) trying to dig back into memories that she doesn't particularly want to think about, but trying to remember what did change at about the point that father started talking in her head again. Hmm. Well, they were just, weren't they just questioning you? Did did they do anything different? Rowan, roll your intelligence to call upon the memories to see if you can put it together. (laughs) 69 out of 70. Nice. Nice! Right? Right before father started talking to you, you received your medallion back. And as I realize that, my eyes get wide behind my glasses and I sort of sit up and then reach into my tank top and pull out the medallion that I am currently wearing and just like look at it, turning it back and forth in my hand. Feels normal. I cock an eyebrow at her. Right before I started hearing father in my sleep, again, not not just my sleep in the waking hours, but right before that started happening, they gave me my medallion back. My, my dad gave me this when I graduated the academy. It's a St. Michael patron saint of cops and first responders. Um, 
Are you sure that's the same one? Not anymore. Maybe you should take that off and put it on the table or something. Uh, reach behind my neck, unclasp the chain, and put it down on the coffee table. I want to pick it up and give it a close look. It's a fairly inexpensive metal. Most of the medallions aren't made from precious metals. This might be plated silver or sterling silver. Seems like something that wouldn't be too hard to copy. River, would you be willing to do me a favor? Sure. Can you put the hat back on, turn it on, and then hold that? Okay. I will put the hat back on, pick up the medallion, and then turn on the hat. And I'm going to focus on trying to hear River to see if to see if that static is still between me and him. Give me a power roll. That stat is getting overused today. 38 out of 45. You can hear. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch! So that's not your medallion. Or if it is, then it, then whatever the metal it's made out of. Inside River's head, he's cycling through all the different types of metals that it could be made of. And tangents off a little bit about, you know, seeing these metals all over the place. And some of them are mined here in California. You get an image of River laying, facing up, looking at stalactites. Laying on the ground with a little bit of cave water around him. And Rowan's head comes up sharply at that. And it stops. The memory just goes away now. Well, you're not complaining about the noise, so does that mean something's changed? Which metal made you think of of the of the place that you were laying in? What? Um. No, I can I can hear you. Um. So whatever that's made of, it's some kind of metal that blocks my ability to be null. Uh, and you were going through metals in your head about what, what it could be, and one of them made you think of a place where you were laying down and looking up at stalactites. Where, what was that? Oh, that. Only one cave, really, I've spent much time in. Not that I remember it. <laughs> That's lucky. Do you know why I was recruited for Delta Green? Well, if you're going to get up and, and look for files, I'll, I'll just... You know, no need to go looking for anything. I can tell you what I know. I was just trying to remember what I already knew, but yeah, there wasn't a lot of information, just that you had been recruited. So what happened? I was investigating what seemed like a chemical spill or something in, in a mine up in the Sierras. And, well, short version is I, I thought they were hiding something from me, so I went in alone after hours, and then 48 hours later, they found me in a cavern, a tourist cavern, about five miles away. I have no idea what happened during those 48 hours. But whatever it was, it got Delta Green's attention. Yeah, it did. So what, were they mining, like, telepathesium or something? Yeah, that's not a thing. Uh, okay, fine. Adamantium, then. Whatever. We don't know necessarily that the mine is related to this medallion. It's definitely worth looking into, but I don't think it's a solid red string moment. I will say the cave they found me in is, uh, it's got some history. Um, it's known as the Moaning Cavern because of the, uh, sounds that came out of it. And when they first explored it, they found ancient bones deep within the mine. Human bones. 
Look, I told her we couldn't go off the trail and we shouldn't go off alone in the cavern, okay? It's not my fault that she jumped me. What? Mona. Oh, we're not talking nope. about the. Okay, never mind. Different caverns. Anyway, um. River, do you have access to a lab where you can test the metal of this medallion? Yeah, I can do that. Would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. Thank you. And I'll pass him the medallion. So I guess to finish answering your initial question, Rowan, River told us where you were. We got a plane. We came and found you. The rest, you know. And you did all the work for us. There were still a few people down there, and I wouldn't have made it through the gas without uh, the the masks. Speaking of the gas, how is Neville doing? Uh, he's good. I got him extubated uh, last week. Oh, good. Haven't had a lot of chance to talk with him since then. Probably going to do that tomorrow. But before I got him extubated, we had had a little bit of discussion about just kind of how he was doing. Right now, he's just at a private care location, keeping tabs on him. I'm going to go follow up with that tomorrow. Uh, I had plans to do that. But he did mention a... Let me... I wrote down the name and I'll pull up my phone and scroll through to where I was doing doing some research. Um, A Nathaniel Wingate Peasley and asked how he was doing. And when I tried to follow up, he didn't, he kind of trailed off. But he's some sort of professor at the Dominican University of California, teaching poli-sci, he's from Massachusetts. Massachusetts, huh? Yeah, I Where? think Arkham, Boston area. Quinky dinks. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he did his undergraduate at some place with a Native American sounding name. What was it? And River pulls out his phone and like, Miskatonic? Miskatonic, that's it. You're familiar with him? Yeah, I got that name from uh, a new contact. Interesting. Go on. So I haven't had a chance to contact this guy. What do you know about him? Pretty much the same as what you just said. Except that he seems to know something about the Chroniclers. And Neville seems to know him, so... Yeah, so I, I, I suppose I've got some more explaining to do, uh... Remember that uh, fellow Van Cleef? Yes. Well, he's got some friends. He calls them the ranch. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of part of that now. And, well, I've gotten a little bit of information from them and a lot of new strings to pull on. I reach into one of the duffel bags and pull out a huge skein of red yarn, toss it over to Rowan. Oh my god, you actually brought red to your string. Good for you. You said we were knitting. But River actually brings up a good point. So, if there's this, which I've never heard of, and remember how back in Idaho I got that email from Green Bay Packers, or GB Packers? Mm-hmm. Which sounded, it seemed as though Green Box organizers or something, because they had inventories. So... Are these other groups? Are these, like, side clubs as part of whatever group gives you the missions we go on? Uh, yeah, I was I was meaning to ask you about that. Wasn't the email you got signed El Marvin? Yeah. Yeah, he's part of the ranch. Oh, wait a second. So is the ranch the Cowboys? Is this all the... So they're Delta Green. That's them. Is that the Delta no. Green? Since Delta Green doesn't exist anymore, that's what we're doing? Well... Well, these guys all take cowboy actor names. Alright, hold on. 
that well, actually. Yeah, what was that? I'm gonna need another drink. And I go pick up the vodka bottle and sit back down. Bring the cranberry, too. I'm almost out. Oh, this isn't for you. I bought that bottle. Ugh, fine. I go get it, and then I'll down half of a Red Bull, fill it up the rest of the way with vodka, and hand her the bottle. How is that better? Never mind. When you have a bruised kidney and can't drink anything but cranberry juice for a month, then we can talk. Oh, how graphic do you want me to be? Because I am an AFAB person. UTIs are not uncommon. I thought you were able to drink stuff other than cranberry juice, though. Yeah, one of the quickest ways to kick it is uh, cranberry juice and azo. I hate that stuff. So what was that about Delta Green? Anyway, let's move on. You you can drink that all you want. I'm staying away from it. I shall. Thank you. Sorry, what, what was that, Rory? I'm sorry. I was just trying to get us back on track. Um, right. So there were a couple of people that I touched base with while I was in D.C. One of them was Charlie, who told me as much as Delta Green... Well told me as much as the outlaws know about the Chroniclers. And then I talked to Quinn. Oh, goody. And she didn't say very much directly, but she pretty clearly indicated that there is still a... mm, She's doing much the same sort of work that she used to do, but officially now. Which means that there is an officially. Officially Delta Green? I'm sorry, what? It sounds like, from what little she said, that there are two versions of us. Fuck. Shit, I remember. Remember at the airport on our way to Idaho? The fellow that met us, um, R. Mitchum, a, a cowboy actor, which makes me suspect he's part of the ranch, because they use names like that. I remember you commenting on that. He said something about the changeover, and... I picked up on that, but uh, don't know exactly what it meant. So this official quote-unquote Delta Green, I think I might know a little bit about that. So I've told Andrew a little bit about what we do just between the two of us, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's working with Delta Like, he started working with Delta Green, I assumed it was with the same group that we were working with, but putting what you you said, Rowan, now I think he works for official, official Delta Green. So is it two different groups, or is everybody official now? I don't think we're official. I don't get paid by Delta Green. Well, why the hell not? Wait, you get paid? Get paid by EPA. As R. Mitchum pointed out, the departments on our paychecks are all different, and none of them are Delta Green. So that is... And and Rowan will actually stand up at that point and grab a little note card off of the coffee table and write on it two delta greens question mark and stick it on her red string wall by itself off to a side i don't know what that connects to yet but there's something there and i don't know if we have the time to really pin ha if, if we really have time to track that down right now i mean if we do it sounds like we have a couple solid leads quinn did not want to talk about it no i know andrew hasn't told me shit about it other than that it's delta green so I, until now, had assumed it was pretty much the same thing I was doing, but now it sounds like it is something else. Maybe I'm the odd one out here, but honestly, I don't really care who it is giving us the orders. I'm fine being a secret double agent, whatever the fuck we are, because, look, whatever you want to say, blowing up aliens 
and stopping shrimp cults and we're doing good shit and if the world's taught me one thing at this point the people who stand up and try and do the right thing are the ones that get eaten up and chewed out so i'm fine with being off the record for this because it means we're less likely to get thrown under the bus when they can't explain it or more likely because we aren't official because at the last mission the last official mission that we went on we had fake federal identification. That's a federal crime. And if someone were inclined to dig into that, that would be something that could be very easily used to throw us under the bus if they were so inclined. Now that said, I deal with a lot of bureaucracy in my day-to-day -day life. And one thing I have learned from quite a few events that happened last year is that bureaucracy and chains of command, or at least in not the chains of command, but the layers of bureaucracy slow down responses. And sometimes really bad things happen because the people who are the most mobile can't get to it. So I guess it's a long-winded way of saying, if we're cowboys, I'm fine with being a cowboy. Hey, you're preaching to the choir on that one, sister. What do you think I did over in the sandbox? Making falsified federal identities is no less illegal than assassination missions. But if there is this legal way to explore these unnatural things, to understand them, to learn about them. Yeah, but how does the quote go? The director will disavow any knowledge of your actions. And that applies even if you are official, doesn't it? <laughs> well, and on a more practical note, Andrew apparently got their attention if he's working with them. I may have had something to do with that. Um... So the reason I'm on Delta Green's radar, a little over two years ago when I was on my last tour in Afghanistan, some sort of mission went south. I got pulled in to do emergency surgery with a small team, got handed something. It was most, something unnatural about the mission. I don't know much about it, but I got handed a small bag by one of the operatives and was told not to show them about it. And it was uh, this decaying hand that I brought back with me that I'd kind of been looking into a little bit showed Andrew he was not freaked out about it um and we've he's been kind of looking into that a little more on his own what like a, a hand of glory or whatever they call those we have one of those remember no it's like it moves on its own and it if you put a small mouse or, ra or rabbit in, in with it it'll wait you've got the hand of Vecna <laughs> what you can tell who the D&D &D nerds are that actually might not be the worst. It moves on its own. Yeah, I don't I don't have it right now. Andrew's got it back in... It's locked up back at his apartment in uh, New York. Oh, wait. You have Thing from the Adams Family? And it eats rabbits? And you have a dog? And I get down on the floor and give Chase a big protective hug. I am very careful with it. Obviously, you know me. You know... It seems like River and I are a little more prone to investigating this stuff on the side. But that's how I got roped in. That's obviously I'm careful with it. And anyway, that's something that's at our disposal, if you will. So Afghanistan, huh? Yeah. Not from Helmand Province, I hope. Uh, yeah, it was. It was Helmand Province. Great. All right, Rooster. I think it's your turn. <laughs> I look up, do the hand thing. Spider. Okay. Not the camel spiders. 
Those things are nasty, but I can deal with them. They're only like six inches long. They aren't. They don't eat camels, like all the rumors were saying. No, this one was like, I don't know, T-Rex sized, something like that. That's a big spider. No. Remember that movie with the short people and the eye that needed visine and stuff? You're talking about Shelob. No, that the ring, the the ring movie. Lord of the Rings? You're talking about Shelob the enormous spider. Yeah, that thing. I'm not a movie guy, you know this. Look, this thing that I saw made that thing look like something that got stuck in the bathtub. It's more like Mongoliat. Okay. Is that Mongolia? I'm a nerd, okay? Let's just- I know you are. I still don't know what you're talking about. Uh, great big spider that was in that, that movie. Her mom. Bigger. Scarier. Meaner. Ungoliant. Ew. Let's not. Yeah, basically, I was in... Uh, I guess this is all classified, but we've gone through enough shit at this point. Who gives a shit? I was in uh, an international joint task force. We were dealing with shit in Iraq, because there was this terrorist group that was starting to pick up speed. The rest of the world hadn't figured out that ISIS was going to be a thing. Anyway, we fought all through that Kurdistan nasty shit. And uh, after we were done, once, you know, the rest of the world figured it out, we got sent over to Afghanistan and dealt with something, you know, northern Helmand province, all the mountains up there, caves, nasty firefight. And then uh, the goalie spider, whatever it was you called it, walked in and um, started eating people. Apparently, I was the only one alive and sane enough to blame shit on, because they, because the Marines weren't gonna say it was Giant Spider's fault, and here I am. Yeah, remind me not to visit Savannah, Afghanistan. Okay, granted, there are some cool, there is some cool scenery, but yeah, no, I'd really rather go, not go back. I'd rather go back to the Fall of Mosul and fight my way out of that go fight up in Kurdistan again, rather not go back to Afghanistan if I could help it. Well, I can't think of any good reason why you'd need to go back, so hopefully we, that can stay on a shelf away somewhere else. Only thing I'm worried about at this point is the real job, because Breckenridge has started uh, recruiting people who actually know what they're doing, like Black Ops vets, Special Forces, actual badasses instead of well they recruited you <laughs> well no um someone i know <clears throat> look at rowan i called in a favor honestly they, they they owe me a favor after i got you in there someone who actually knows what the fuck they're doing but that's neither here nor there yeah anyway they're starting to recruit operators instead of punks after brazil I don't know. Lots of things are changing around there. I don't know what's going on. I'm just hoping they don't decide to send us back over. I remember you mentioning that to uh, Fuckwit at the bar in Yuma. Well, he mentioned that things were changing after after Trent died. Yeah, apparently their CEO, uh, somebody got mad and killed him up there. Huh. I wondered why he had dropped off my radar. Well, he dropped off the face of the earth, but... I don't know. I, I just 
things are changing there, and now that America's leaving and all kinds of shit's going wrong in Afghanistan again, guess who's gonna end up taking the slack? I've been training, they've been uh, asking me to do more than gun range stuff and start teaching some desert op work. And how are you doing with that? <laughs> they pay me to yell at people and shoot guns and not get shot at? They kind of pay me a ridiculous amount to shoot guns and yell at people and not get shot at. I'm okay with this. Roman just kind of gives him a, a little bit of a look that says, I'm going to come back to that later, but lets it go for the moment. I see this, kind of absentmindedly scratch at my left arm, pretend I don't see that look. All right. So with this red string board, you're trying to see how it all connects or link it all back to father, or what is your goal here? You said you wanted to find father. I mean, I've got I've got a whole bunch of stuff I could add to that board, but it's it's really it's it's stuff about the chroniclers, not about EOD. So, I think that knowing more about the chroniclers is going to be very helpful because they've been keeping tabs or trying to find father and i'm not entirely sure why the person that i was talking to in dc gave me a a rundown of what delta green knows about the chroniclers that there's basically three different kinds of entities that are within the the chroniclers and from the sounds of it we saw all three of them including one that hasn't been technically documented the thing with the tentacles behind the mirror I'm sorry, three different entities? Do I get to do the aliens thing again? Not... No, because... Not no? Is that like a you're not wrong? (laughs) You're not wrong, but you're not right. Um, Oh shit, I don't like that either. There's apparently three different casts or, or levels that are within the organization itself. Delta Green has been aware of them since World War II with some kind of a, a an operation in Northwestern Australia. Actually, hang on a second. And Operation Tarquin. Uh I didn't catch the name of the of the operation, but there was some sort of unnatural site that was there that they called uh Nakotis? Something like that. It was a PN. So this ranch really gave you a lot of information, huh, River? Narcotic? Hold on. And uh, Rowan's going to go and grab a notebook out of a back room that she used to keep notes during her conversation with Charlie. And she'll show River the, the spelling of the word. Nakotis or something. Panakis? Oh, it's it's got to be the same thing. They, I got the same word except ending with C instead of S. Interesting. Do you show this to us? Sure. Yeah. I have no reason to hide it from any of y'all. Is that like a pterodactyl or something? Kind of the same idea where the P is is silent. Yeah, you learn how to do that in sniper school. Leave that one alone. But seriously, that's weird. So it was in Australia, it was called Nacatus or something, and you said Operation Tarquin? Yeah, that seems to be Delta Green operation probably during World War II in Western Australia, a region called Pilbara. And then this Wingate Peasley guy is he's with the Chroniclers? Is that what you said, River? No. They they told me that he seems to have some kind of they said he was a lead on the Chroniclers. Hold on a second, let's back up to Australia. Western Australia, World War II, 
Australia was involved in the Pacific War, at least some. A but whole, it's got a whole lot. Not so much Western Australia, though. And then it's got a Greek name, and the operation is named after the last Roman king. I don't know. I failed high school world history, so. Oh no! This wasn't this wasn't high school. This was the core. PT is Greek, but this seems like more Egyptian, maybe. No, there was a lot of Greek and Egyptian interplay. Besides, I remember I remember Tarquin because that last king, and then the people threw him out, and they said we'll never have another king again. And that went well. Well, it did until Caesar declared himself dictator for life. I mean. Look, this is the stuff you study in the core because it's history of warfare and stuff. It's actually relevant once in a while. This has nothing to do with high school. Right. That's your story and you're sticking to it. Yes, I am. As Rooster is gesturing, giving us this surprising impromptu history lesson, uh, my eye catches something red on his arm. I kind of lean, Rooster, you're bleeding. What? I'm going to get up and come over and like look at your sleeve. The hell did you do to yourself? I say as I try to start pulling your t-shirt sleeve up. It it's a nicotine patch. What? You're bleeding. You don't bleed from nicotine patches. Well, I look, I pull the sleeve up farther and there's a nicotine patch that seems to be leaking blood. Yeah, maybe Rory should take a look at that. No, 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 it it's fine. Just give me a rag. I'll I'll take care of it. It's fine. Rory's already in his bag getting up some bandages. Can I humid that? Sure. Can I see anything besides the nicotine patch on on the arm? I'm going to actually like reach and gently like pull the nicotine patch aside. Oh, come on. Just leave. <sighs> Fine. Rooster, I'm going to look down at the wound and kind of pause and then look up at, at you. Hmm. Go ahead. Right. Rags. Rags. And I'm going to go and get a, a wet washcloth. Well, Rory's on it. As soon as you put all kind of go over and just wordlessly just kind of clean it up a bit, get a new band-aid and cover it over. And I completely failed my human with an 86. I don't think it matters at this point. No. So, uh, saying I cut myself shaving isn't going to fly, is it? A little far away from the face. Unless you're going to tell me that you shave your whole body, which I would actually believe. Lane, anyway, um... Jonathan and Casey would love that. That is entirely too straight a cut and a little bit too deep for a razor cut. I shave my legs. I know what those look like. Yeah, and the other four above it. Yeah, I cut too deep this morning. You did that on purpose? Yeah. So, uh, remember how I said the green box was compromised? Mm Mm-hmm. It was compromised by a me. By you? No, by a me. There was a homunculus there? Well, I seem to have a conversation with myself that was out loud, and it pulled a gun on me, and I shot it first, and when I kicked the gun away, it dissolved into pink foam. So I'm making sure that that I'm me and not a me. And this seems to be the easiest way to do it. And what exactly are you planning to do if you find pink foam? Cut deeper. No. Yeah. Because if that happens, we need to interrogate you. Well, don't tell me me that. Tell the other me's that. 
because I'm just making sure I'm continuing to be me and not a me. So this sounds very... Because Rowan, they were doing something with you that was like cloning. But this seems like it's more advanced than that. Oh no, this is exactly that. Remember how I picked up a Rowan and it dissolved into pink foam all over me? That's right. Yeah. Do the clones know they're clones? I don't think they do. Whatever that limey bastard with the dragon was that we then saw in the facility, I don't know whether we saw the real one or a fake one the first time, so I don't know whether the one we talked to knew he was or not, but obviously now we see why he was running around out in the middle of nowhere. I don't think that the one that we met out and about was a clone. I think that that was the real one because Neville said that Jonathan escaped. Didn't you guys say that you ran into a reporter in Mustang and didn't we see that same reporter in Idaho? Chris Price. Yeah, she did. Well, at least the real one's dead because I was dragging her out of Mustang and then she turned into an inadvertent human shield on my back. But not into pink foam. Nah. Anyway, Cappy, you done with my arm now? Because I feel like I need... Oh, yeah. Some more of that vodka. Can you uh, just put the can you put the patch back on over that bandaid? Because I'd I'd rather. Uh... It's not going to work as well through the bandaid. You dip. Yeah, there's a reason I had it over that, and it wasn't just for the nicotine. Significant others get it, but may not be happy to see that their dude is doing stuff like that. Let's see if we can't find a better way of you testing yourself. Like what, wearing a cyborg hat? Rory, can you can you get him like a di- diabetic test kit or something? I was something? about to suggest that. Rooster, have you already have you ever checked your blood sugar with a lancing device? No. Usually they just stuck me and sucked it out. Okay. I think that's a little easier way, because it's just a you puncture your finger you use your fingertips just different areas just draw a little bit of blood (sighs) hey at least it's not cigarettes on myself anymore okay sorry i didn't say that look i've gone through some shit okay don't look at me like that i think if anyone is going to understand it's going to be the four of us sitting here not chase chase is too precious to understand that yeah well stop looking at me like you're worried look at me like you hate me again or like i'm an asshole i'm It's easier that way. Oh, you'll always be an asshole. Good, see? He gets it. But, you know, you have been through shit. And you survived. And and you found ways to cope with that shit. But let's, you know, it's it's okay to ask for help in getting better ways to cope with that shit. Oh, this isn't coping. This is making sure I don't bring that shit on to you guys. Or Lena. That's part of coping. Sure, let's go with that. Can we move back to the shrimp fuckers now? If that's what you need, sure. <sighs> Tazvik. Rowan has kind of a far away look to her face, but she shakes her head a little bit, adjusts her glasses. All right. So, back to the chroniclers then. So, you were talking about three entities, and I think we only covered one. Well, and I didn't even really talk about the first one. The first one is is called the motion. They talked about being from different times, but it's something that's it's something that's in their heads. 
because all of them, at least that Charlie was aware of, were able to be found via baby pictures through social media and stuff like that. So... So they've got time-traveling brainworms? I don't know. They're... Honestly, isn't a lot of information about the Chroniclers. This is just what Delta Green has observed at this point. So it's all in their heads, and and they wouldn't like to have bullets come out of them and turn into musket balls or anything like that. Those are the different ones. Oh, those are the different ones. They're nicknamed uh, the Strange Ones, apparently. They show up with tech that is beyond anything that Delta Green knows of. They've tried to capture some of it, but it, de- it dematerializes. But yeah, so when when the strange ones die, they decompose. And we saw that with the worms that, that, that came out of them. And then there's the third ones. The one that we saw behind the mirror. There isn't a nickname for it. It's just there. But apparently the motion and the strange ones all said that there was mental communication like telepathy, which might be why Neville and Jonathan and I were grabbed, partially because of my connection to Lion, but also because we have these particular abilities. And it sounds like Lion also has those abilities. From what I saw in the file that they had on him, our abilities are almost identical. He just is stronger or better practiced. So you're wanting to find Lion. The Chronicles are wanting to find Lion. Are we working, are we racing against the clock to beat them to Lion? Are we working with them to find Lion? I think that we have, I, I don't want to work with them to find him. Right, because we don't know, we don't know why they want. After what they did to her, we're not working with them. Exactly. The only thing that I, hmm. he was very cagey. But he kept saying that my information was vital and that there were things going on that they could stop. This was Charlie that said that? No, the... I keep calling him the G-Man in my head. He has an actual name, but... The interrogator. Him, yes. So you think your connection to Father is why they grabbed you? I think that's part of it. And also, everything that we have been finding with our missions in Delta Green, he was very upset that we found the hand document and that I wouldn't tell him where it was. Wait a second. That's what the other me was trying to grab. They called it the enumeration of Kyramon. The sun type. None of those sounds are sneeze sounds, but sure. Uh, So if they've got clones of Rooster, of Chris Price, of who knows who, and... They're trying to find this hand document and to find Lion for some reason we don't know. I guess just we need to start following our leads to find him first. Well, I'm, I'm certainly with you on trying to t- track this fellow down and then we can see what happens next. I got a lot of the same information from the ranch that you just told us about the Chroniclers. They mentioned Motion and the Strange Ones and suggested they were minions of the Chroniclers. I I think that when we were in that bunker, wasn't there somebody who asked if we were Motion? Anyway, I've got Dr. Peasley seems to be the, the nearest lead we can follow up on. I got one other possibility, a company called Cypress Security. It's a private security company based in South Africa. 
and I was told that their databases mention the Chroniclers and Narcotic, and they just happened to have a uh, office with a phone number listed in a tiny little town in Western Australia called Nilogene. Guess what region that's in? Pilbara. And that's exactly where we think Operation Tarquin happened. Coinkadinks and shit, huh? One other thing came up that normally I wouldn't think was related, but somebody posted an alert from something called Quack Leaks, and we saw the exact same alert in the bunker how many weeks ago now? A little over a month. Something about... Let me let me pull out my phone and... and yeah, it's catastrophic event, 40 energies gathering. And then there's a bunch of letters and numbers, which are apparently satellites. And then map coordinates, which point to a tiny little island in the Pacific. And when I pulled that island up on Google, I right away called Katie over and asked her to take a look at it. Shit, does it have a lake in the middle of it? It's an atoll. It's almost all a lake in the middle of an island. And yeah, she said that's the place. What else did she see there when she dreamed it? Did she see anything besides the place? She told me that she saw a man there, but that he didn't see her. That's too many coincidences. That has to be father. Or someone working for him, because presumably we wouldn't be able to see father. And something is about to happen there. Something big. So where are we going first? We go into the mine, Australia, or Lake Island? I think we're going to San Rafael. Yeah, I think we start a little bit more local. Wait, what's in San Rafael? Dominican University and Dr. Nathaniel Peasley. I, I guess that does come back to the question that I started all of this with. How'd we find you? Before that. This is very personal for me. Right before I got put on probation, my boss asked me if I had been using FBI resources for my own personal stuff. At the time, I wasn't. Now I fully intend to. I fully intend to use every resource at my disposal to find him and deal with the situation, whatever that ends up being. But this is very personal, and you guys don't have to be involved in this. This isn't a mission. This isn't official. You can pull the ripcord. I, I would like help researching, but... Hey, Glasses, do me a favor. What's that? Shut up and just tell us when we leave. I'm going to look at the other two to see if they agree with the statement. Just kind of nodding affirmingly. Well, I think we've got some research to do first, but uh, I'm inclined to join you. Yeah, we're with you on this one. And Rowan kind of looks down for a moment, takes her glasses off and rubs her eyes. Thank you. Stands up, rolls her shoulders back, puts her glasses back on. Right, well, I have something that I need to show you then. And she disappears into a back room, and a few minutes later she comes back out, hauling, and hauling is the right word, a case that looks like a giant bullet, and sets it down on the coffee table. Uh, I've been calling this bullet bill. I keep it in a lead-lined box back there. I found it in a graveyard. What the fuck is it? I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislawski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. 
I'm Dan Voshkevich, The Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 3, Act 3 is an original scenario titled In Time and Space, written by me, Dan Voshkevich, with help from the rest of the Redacted Reports cast. If you like our story, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episode, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons. Stephen Schwartz, Director Rayo, Jonathan Powell, Skelly Lichboy, Tom Padula, M.S. Aznikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedevere, Sherrick Manning, Red Dead Coquette, and the entity some have called George. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quests and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quests and Chaos YouTube or Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week, because outside the bounds of reality lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, creatures of hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe.